If you have fallen asleep at 7.30 on a Friday night, you might be a teacher. Teaching is crazy, fun, exhausting, challenging, rewarding, and did I mention crazy? And as Catholic school teachers, we are also entrusted with imbuing Catholic identity. It's a huge responsibility, but fortunately for us, there is Finding God, the amazing K-8 faith formation program from Loyola Press. It's innovative, engaging, and the most inclusive and complete program we've ever used. Multimedia? Check. Scripture? Check. Family resources? Check. Bilingual? Check. And don't forget, posters, worksheets, quick start guides, apps, magazines, lesson plans. Seriously, Finding God has all you need and more. Pray about it. Visit FindingGod.com and order a sample. Finding God might not help you stay awake later on a Friday night, but it will help you sleep better knowing you're helping guide kids toward a faith-filled life. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with, here with Colleen and we're so glad to have you joining us today. I have a question for you, Colleen. Okay. I'm wondering if you've ever been overwhelmed when you've looked at a chart or a graph or a piece of data. Um... I'm sure that I have what, what happens with good data is you start to read into it and it starts to tell you a story. And then what happens with me is I get more questions and more questions and more questions. And then it, it does get to a point where it's like, okay, maybe this is too much information. Or when I try to share it with someone, I'm like, there's no way they're going to be able to digest all of this information because it is so big. So yeah, I mean, especially when you're looking at whole school data, I could say, from that perspective, absolutely, it can be overwhelming. Absolutely, and I think I, well, I think that's a common t uh, feeling for teachers. But it even happens when you just look at one chart or one piece of because you're like, okay, I need to look, I need to read the title, I need to look at the x that's and y true. axis, I need to stare at this, make sure I, and make sure that I can read it correctly. And what if I read it incorrectly and then I go make a change in my classroom and I'm and I did it wrong because I didn't even understand my data? Like, well, that's true. The risk yeah. is big. So yeah, this is super common for teachers. Um, and and we just had a great idea, a great topic come in on this um, from a couple of very uh, well-spoken educators <laughs> in Catholic education. I, we were talking to the principal of St. Therese School. Um, her name is Katie Barusk, and she's the principal. It's a blue ribbon school. So they went from having data that was problematic to blue ribbon. And it's because they stared at their data as a school and they just gained their confidence in looking at the data. Now I will say credit goes to um, Thomas More University. Uh, Dr. Christy Mariani Petros worked with them. But really, really it comes down to being able to spend time looking at the data that you're already gathering because the kids are doing an assessment and trying to figure out which report can you zoom in on and can you do something practical with what you are looking at. So they decided to kind of have this approach where they would look at students who are high achieving and they weren't growing. Mm -hmm. So low growth That's students who yep. are high achieving. And this is super common in Catholic schools yeah. because we have high achieving kids. We have kids who are read to, we have kids who come from families who care enough to enroll their kids in Catholic schools. Like our population in Catholic schools is unique. So high achievement isn't rare, but growth is, um, growth is sometimes really hard. So they decided to 
zoom in on one or two reports that they felt was most useful. And then by using those reports, they decided to think about, okay, which skills do we need to work on? Like, let's, let's just isolate one skill or two skills. Like, let's just zoom in on something so that we can do something different with our instruction for the next few weeks. So they took a huge data set, all these tests, all this stuff, and then they zoomed in on one report and they decided what skills are we seeing this connect to so that we can um, do something about it. And that's what's really interesting. What? Okay, one other part that was super interesting here <laughs> is that they thought they were having trouble with math, uh -huh. but when they stared at their data, they realized that their real trouble was in reading. So like their perception was off. And this is what's hard. You think your gut feeling is right as a teacher. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I, my kids need help in math, 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 math. And then you stare at the data and the data says, oh, no, actually, the scores are worse in reading. And then you feel, am I being duped? Did I not know my kids? So it's hard to trust. It's not hard to trust data because you should be able to trust data. It's hard when you think when your gut is off because as teachers, it's usually on. OK, so here's the thing, though. So when I'm working with schools and trying to help them to create a healthy culture around data use, which sounds easier than it actually is, um, it's actually really hard to create a healthy data culture in a school. So if you're listening to this and you have ever been through that process, um, you know what I'm talking about. There's some, there's trepidation. There's a process where sometimes we look at data and we don't fully analyze it and we jump to conclusions about it. And then we do the wrong thing. And then we say, we're not moving the needle, but it's not because we're not, it's because we didn't interpret the data correctly. So, um, and, and then what teachers will say sometimes is, well, I know my kids. I don't need the data to tell me a story. I know in my gut what. And so speaking with mm -hmm. speaking with these two ladies about their process of going through unpacking the data and identifying the skills that needed to be taught and working with the teachers to incorporate the instruction of those specific skills, that's that's where the breakthrough came. So it's so hard because it takes time. So you look at the data and you, and you think like, oh my goodness, why are my students low in this in this little nugget of area, like in this little area? So, okay, so my overall reading score looks healthy, but then when I drill it down to why they all got this one question wrong, like let's take it really simplified. It could just be like any test in your classroom. Yeah, they're getting a few questions wrong and you're like, why are they all getting this wrong? And then and then you think, oh, was it a poorly written question? Or, or you just want to dismiss it. Oh, no, no, I know they have it. I'm just going to move them on yeah. or you, you know because you're not sure what to do the hard part is taking that data and then deciding like what do I need to directly teach or what um, what practice do they need or do they need someone else to explain this material to them I mean I think a good strategy is like however I'm saying this to them just isn't sinking in like however I'm describing how to do this math strategy for example might not be working so can I find something else that teaches the same thing in different in words different or a different yeah, approach. A different is, it a, is it a YouTube video of someone else teaching this exact mm -hmm. skill? Is it not using my textbook, but using some other resource I found that is exactly the same mm -hmm. skill, but in something, different wording? Something game-based, something digital-based, something who knows? Like right. There can or, always be another way. Or having the teacher next door jump in for a few minutes. That's right. Trade classes for 10 minutes yep. and say, like, can you please show them two-digit yeah. multiplication or yep. whatever it might be because you might be thinking like oh, something about what I'm saying did not translate into success 
in this area. And I think that's the hardest part is it's easier just to dismiss the data. Like you're saying, it's easier just to be like, it is easier maybe to the data's dismiss wrong, the data. I know right. my kids better than this test, Yes, which is sometimes true, but we can't just ignore data. We like, can't, we can't and, ignore and that, it. I think that's why I am really intrigued by the conversation that we had with these two educators, because they proved that they even acknowledged that they went with their gut and they were proven wrong because they took the time to dig into the data. So the other thing about it, though, is that they unburdened the teachers from doing that. And and again, like I said, when I work with schools and I'm expecting the principal or the teachers to become equipped with the skills to dig into the data and then also find the time to do it, that is very difficult. So and they always tell me we don't have the time. We don't have enough time. We don't have time to collaborate. We don't have time to dig into it. But if someone is doing yeah, but that we don't and have then time showing not you to. how like, we don't have time you can't not afford to. not to. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is, I absolutely agree with that. So, yeah, but I, I love that they're doing it and then they're showing the teachers the values of the value of using it. And then the teachers, once they value it, then I then I can't afford not to, and I have to find the time. When you have a planning period, when you have a minute to catch your breath, and you're not running copies, or whatever, it's a it's a like stare at that stare at that low point in the data and think what additional resource you know, instructional minutes. Could I pause what I'm working on next and work on this for a week with them? Like, how can I find, close this gap? Because they found, they closed so many gaps in the school that it became, it went from, it's just, it's It's very rare to find a school that went from low scores to blue ribbon level scores. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're a principal listening, you understand that that's a huge, huge advantage. And it was because they narrowed in, they they said, you know, we promised we weren't teaching too many tests. You really can't when it's an adaptive. No national test, but no. but when they they use their data to find the low points and then they did something about it and that's really hard. So don't do it by yourself. No, don't do it by yourself. Definitely be collaborative. Mm-hmm. Put more brains together. But I also made an assumption about this too when I was listening to them talk mm-hmm. because in Catholic schools, as Jill said, we have this issue where we have high achievers with low growth, and so I jumped to the conclusion that a lot of times high achievers don't like to take risks. And that's why we don't see a lot of growth. They play it safe. They keep their high achievement. They want to keep their A's. But in this particular case, that is that was not the case. It was a matter of finding what are the skills that need to be reinforced. And that's what they did. So I think we are out of time here in the lounge. So great conversation. And I'm so glad we ran into these two educators. Great data conversation. Yes. So thank you for the energy boost. It's always a pleasure to have these conversations. Keep the ideas coming. And we'll see you next time in the Catholic Teachers Lounge.